Hello, this is Walnut Grove Baptist Church's podcast. We are in Carthage, Texas, and that is in Panola County. Our pastor is Reverend David P. Mitchell, and our Sunday school teacher, our Bible study teacher, is Deacon Glenn Wade. But thank you so much for joining us, and you'll be joining this uh, current episode that's in progress. Father God, in the name of Jesus, we thank you uh, for this fellowship on tonight. We thank you for the people that gather to come and study and to uh, lift up your name. We ask that I will bless Shirley and Marie family. Father God, bless this meeting, bless the teacher, bless the student. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Seeking reconciliation. When when Adam and Eve ate up the the tree, they broke the relationship between God and man. Been trying to restore it. What Christ did, what Christ did on the cross, is part of the reconciliation that that. Uh, take place from what happened then because sin was brought into the world. This lesson is a follow-up lesson to last week's lesson and that last week talked about the apostle having uh, established the doctrine of justification by faith and, and he's showing the Gentiles that they were equally justified by faith as the Jews. The apostle further showed the Gentiles the effect Produced in their heart because of their justification by faith. By faith, to be justified is to have all your sins pardoned by faith, uh, as the instrument calls for your our justification. Because as sinners, we have no righteousness of our own, whereby we can be can plead our case for justification. So this lesson. Uh, goes so far as to show uh, the effects of our justification by faith. Uh, It gives us peace, one thing, and it gives us hope. And then another thing it gives us is it gives us the privilege of glorifying in tribulation. And then it gives us uh, the power of gaining whereby patience, experience, and hope. And it gives us uh, having the love of God that's shed abroad in our heart by the Holy Spirit. So there's some effects of justification that Paul is going to bring out in, in this lesson. So he says in the first part, uh, verse one says, "Therefore, after therefore being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ." And that therefore that he was talking about is all of what he, what we kind of talked about all last week. Uh, it's the, uh, the possibility that he had successfully proved that justification is by faith and that the Gentiles had equally tied to that salvation as the Jews. And then he also wanted to show them that the Gentiles also had the blessing and benefits for boosting their heart because of faith in the gospel, whereby they were justified. 
So that therefore Paul reflects his teaching in, in which was in chapter four. Uh, when he talked about uh, uh, how they were justified by faith. Being justified by faith, the apostle had labored in presenting evidence to convince the Jews that their premises on which they had placed all for their salvation was faulty, and that they believed that because they were the seed of Abraham, they gave them a, a right and privileges. But it did not. The apostle also showed them that um, that works above the law were not uh, uh, give them salvation, and and being part of the Abraham covenant uh, does not give them uh, justification. The only way they were justified was by faith uh, as a believer. So he he real affirming that part of what he talked about in the, in the other chapter, and then said that we have peace with God through of our Lord Jesus Christ. The apostle here said that the peace with God because of our faith in what God says. We are justified because we believe God. He is making it clear that justification is inclusive of all that believe God, Jews, Gentiles, and of course us. So uh, what is the peace with God? It is the tranquility and serenity of our heart and mind. Uh, so we have a uh, a peace in and in, in one word, peace is the absence of disturbance or trouble or the aggravation and restlessness of the heart and mind. It gives us a, a, a peace that surpasses all understanding. And it's all made possible because of our Lord Jesus Christ, who died for our sin and procured our justification. So when you think about uh, some of the things that Paul was talking about, he's it, he brings up the, death, uh, the doctrine of justification by faith. Uh, this doctrine, uh, God has chosen himself. It means that he will uh, justify sinners. Uh, to justify is to clear one righteous and to critic one with righteousness. None of us have any righteousness within ourselves. So we are... are Nothing but filthy rags until he declares us justified. Uh, when we trust in God and what he said, God turns or imputes or declares us righteous because of uh, we believe in him. And then we have the uh, doctrine of God, and the doctrine of God is, is, is his everlasting. It cannot be diminished in any manner. He talks about his immutability which means God is not unchangeable. He's incapable uh, of changing because he's perfect already. Uh, so there would be no reason for him to change. And also, when you look at uh, some of the things that Paul brings out, is, is he's omnipresent, which means he's everywhere. He's omnipotent, which is, he means that he has all power. He's omniscience, which means that he has all knowledge. And so all these things are tied up in the doctrine of God. And then when you look at the doctrine of Jesus Christ who procured our salvation, uh, we know that uh, Jesus is reincarnation of God in the flesh. He, is, he was both all human and all, di and all divine. Jesus is the one who created all things. First John says that it, 
Everything that was created was created by him. Without him, nothing was created. He is the Savior of everyone that believes in his death on the cross at he is the second person in the Godhood. He is the one that did our atone for our sins. And so uh, when you think about the doctrine of Jesus Christ, all those things are tied up in in, in that doctrine. He's our defender. Our, uh, in other words, he's our attorney. He's our counsel who speaks on our behalf uh, before the Father. So he's everything to us. There's two talks about by whom also we have access by faith unto the grace wherein we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. Jesus is the reason uh, for our access to the grace of God wherein we stand. So it said, by whom also we have access by faith unto the grace wherein by stand. Without the work of Christ on the cross, we would not have uh, passes into the presence of God and be accepted by the Lord. Well, it, the only reason we are able to do that is because what uh, Christ did on the cross. Uh, so God bestowed upon us, uh, showed on that basis, on the basis that Jesus interceded for us continually because of uh, before the throne of God. So. Uh, by faith, when we talk about by faith, it's speaking of our passage into the excess, into the presence of God, is is by no other means than by faith, and into His grace. It's speaking of being brought into His, into this favor of reconciliation with God. We have to be brought into a position that that, that brings us in, into that point, and wherein we stand. It's speaking of where we now are as a result of what. Jesus did on 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 the cross because if Jesus had not did it on the cross, we wouldn't have any kind of standing. But because what Jesus did, we're now able to be brought in the in the in the presence of God and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. Hope here uh, is not just uh, desiring to obtain something in the future. Here it is: the expectation of obtaining what has already been procured. Jesus has already uh, procured our salvation. All we have to do is believe uh, on him. So this believer's hope is to look for that which Christ has already procured for us with the expectation of attaining it. All we have to do is believe, knowing that we have uh, waited our place in the presence of God. So we can rejoice uh, because our being with God and seeing him uh, uh, when we when we finally go to heaven, we we have a right to to uh, rejoice with joy over that, and it brings us to another uh, different type of doctrine. Again, the apostle is mentioning in this, and one of them is the doctrine of faith. And faith is a positive aspect of conversion, the, the human side of repentance. Uh, in repenting, the, the sinner turns from sin. And in faith turns to Christ, so that process takes place takes place when we believe on uh, in faith in Jesus Christ, and then we have the doctrine of grace. And grace is God's unmerited love, His divine favor. In other words, He He's smiling on us and, and, and speaks of God's favor and acceptance of us in His presence. 
but it ain't nothing that we done. It's because of his grace. Then it talks about uh, the doctrine of rejoicing. Rejoicing is, is our inward feeling of delight that is expressed outwardly in an abundant manner. In other words, uh, we ought to be glad of the heart and, 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 and gratitude for what the Lord has done for us. And uh, re- be able to rejoice in, in what he's done. We ought to be glad about what has happened. And then, most of all, we have the doctrine of hope. And hope is man's anticipation of obtaining something in the future. He is believing that something will happen that has not happened yet, but hope is the idea that it will happen. We have the opportunity that it happen. So it's kind of tied in the faith. Uh, here, uh, the believer anticipation of obtaining what Christ has already procured for us. So that that's hope and faith kind of ties in together. Verse three uh, talks about, and not only so, but we glory in tribulations also, knowing that tribulation worketh patience. And uh, when we talk about uh, not only so, but also glory in tribulations, we are not only not to rejoice in time of prosperity and, and good health. But also in suffering, which is the meaning of tribulation. The Christian life was not to be designed to be void of suffering, but but uh, uh, it lets us know that God is able us to endure suffering. But, uh, but whether he chooses or not to do it is it, all on, on him. But what it does when we in tribulation, it give, it give God a chance to mold us in what he wants us to be. Because if we never go through nothing, we can't grow in what he wants uh, our life to be like. So we, we're talking about we can rejoice and, and glory in our tribulation and letting them know that, that when we go through some of the things in life, God is just shaping us, uh, building us, making us stronger so that... Uh, he can make better people out of knowing that tribulation works in patience. One of the results of tribulations is that we learn how to be patient. Uh, we learn how to wait on the Lord. We learn how to uh, uh, endure. So, the, again, that's all a part of, of, of our, when we accept Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. And so when we look at the doctrine of tribulation, this doctrine is, uh, emphasizes many suffering. A believer must encounter and endure it. It is to produce in us a kind of spiritual maturity in our character. Uh, when, 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 when we find so many times when, when uh, you see people that the slightest things and they they are so upset they can't uh, uh, they can't function. But you find somebody else that has already been through those kind of things and and the Lord has showed them how 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 to get through that kind of thing. And, and and for them, it's just an ordinary occurrence because God has put a strength in them to overcome that. For somebody else that that had not uh, do not know the Lord, uh, might even think of something uh, weird or, or committing suicide or something like that. But we all know uh, when we believe in Christ, we know there's a way out. He's a way maker. <laughs> The first quote says, and 
uh, and patience, experience, and experience hope. So uh, he says we are to rejoice in our tribulations. And it's kind of like a circle. You have your tribulations, uh, you, you, st- you stand steadfast in them, and you uh, learn how to deal with it, and, and then you go back to hope. And, and all these things are all tied in together. It's kind of like a circle that we're going to. And patience. Patience is a calm temper, which evil without a murmuring or discontent. In other words, uh, oh, I always like to look back at the old folks that that that, that had so much patience that no matter what happened, don't seem like they get upset. They they've been through it all, I and mean, that's tied in with experience. Experience is full proof of, by trial of the truth of our religion, the the solidarity of the Christian state, the faithfulness of God. So we see that from old saints that have been through everything. And then we have the doctrine of patience. Uh, patience is the quality of perseverance. It is, it's, it is a relying on the timing of God, the effects of his will and all his works, promises, and commands to us. So, uh, again, all this is tied in together, the patience, the, the, the experience, all is part of God working uh, to make us better people. And the hope. Make not ashamed, because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost, which is given unto us. So now we 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 dealing with uh so many things in life. Uh, it's a disappointment, and, and and so many things deceive us. Uh, but the apostle is bringing us to a higher level of hope. And hope makes us not ashamed. The apostle is teaching us that this hope is the result of God justifying us, accepting us in his presence, and giving us favor when we come into his kingdom. This hope will not disappoint or deceive us. This hope will not make us ashamed because it will not let us down. So many times we, when we put our hope in the wrong thing, it ends up letting us down. And, and we, or uh, we put our hope in people, they definitely let us down. But the Paul said this hope will, will not let us down because the love of God is shed abroad in our heart by the Holy Ghost, which is given unto us. Uh, the exceedingly amount of divine love that the Holy Ghost sheds abroad within our heart makes our hope unashamed. The Holy Ghost is living within our heart, and he imports the love of God in our heart. So all the grace of God is imparted unto us by the Holy Ghost. So we go through a lot of things. It's the Holy Ghost uh, that that um, uh, is is working in us at all times. Uh, that's putting the love of God in us. He, he's the one that God sends him to do so much in our life. He gives us spiritual gifts. Uh, and so many other ways of, of God working in our lives. So verse 6 is talking about the sinful world. He said, when we were yet without strength, in due time, Christ died for the ungodly. But, uh, but when we were yet without strength, 
that talks about none of us came into this world saved because all of have sinned and come short of the glory of God. And we all need a Savior. The Savior had to be sinless and whose blood was pure enough to atone for our sin. Jesus met all the requirements for the redemption of lost man. When they did all the sacrifices in the Old Testament, God was always telling them they wanted he wanted a sheep or uh, without blemish. He wanted a male sheep without any blemish. In other words, that was the uh, uh, re, uh, symbolic of Jesus Christ. Only Jesus could save us because only Jesus was righteous. Uh, nobody else was righteous, so only he was the one that could save us. So it points back, everything points back to him. Uh, in due time, Christ died for the ungodly. There is an actuality that Jesus died for the ungodly. All of us created souls before we came on the scene. He was slain before the foundation of the world. In other words, uh, if he was slain before the foundation of the world, uh, in due time, Christ died. He already died for us. For Christ did in eternity is manifested in time. The Father sent his son at the right time to die for the sins of man. So Paul is letting us know that before the foundation of the earth, Christ had already been appointed to do what he did at the cross. So the doctrine of the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit is the third part of, of the Godhead. Uh, he, he's like Christ, he's self-existent. He has knowledge, power, and space, and he's unchangeable, just like uh, the other Godhead. The Holy Spirit is the God part that imparts unto the believer our spiritual gift. I mentioned, I mentioned that earlier. Uh, he enables us the source of our empowerment. He illuminates the word of God in us that we might uh, get a better understanding of what God is in our lives. Uh, he plays a role in believers' lives. Uh, he, he, he directs us. He's uh, he, part of how we uh, go through things because the Holy Spirit is leading us. Uh, Jesus said, I would not leave you comfortless. I was sent... Uh, I was sent a comforter, the Holy Spirit. The very seldom, for scarcely for a righteous man will one die, yet eventually for a good man, some would even dare to die. For scarcely for a righteous man will one die. There are a few that will be willing to die for a righteous man. Scarcely, though, really means that something not often occurring. The righteous man is speaking of one who considers himself righteous and may be seen in the eyes of, as being righteous, such as the Pharisee. Pharisee saw himself as being righteous. These men were made righteous or were not made righteous by the power of God. They made their own self righteous. So Paul lets know that even though they think they're righteous, they were not righteous in the eye of God. Only Jesus was was the only man righteous in the sight of God. For eventually for a good man, some would even tell the time. A good man is speaking of men who are, are liberal and they are benevolent. They give to the poor. Uh, I paid my tithe. I, I did all these things that, that, that the law require. I, 
uh, that ruler talked about how he had did all these things that that God had uh, had commanded by the law, and then of course Christ told him, "Sell all that you have and give to the poor, and take up the cross and follow me." And he couldn't do it because he was not uh, righteous as he thought he was. He was just uh, making himself righteous according to what he called righteousness. But there's for one die. Yet provincially for a good man would even dare to die. The reason the uh, ungodly is not stated in this verse no created man is willing to die for an ungodly man. And make that clear that we are not willing to do that. The point of this verse is to show how Christ was willing to die. In other words, first thing, I, I, I'm not only willing to die, but if you were to ask the average person for make a donation to somebody that's ungodly, first thing they say is, if that person wasn't wasting his money on this or that, whatever he wasted it on, then he'd have some money. I ain't giving him nothing. So not only would we not die, but we wouldn't give him nothing. Uh, so what Paul is trying to get us to see in that verse is that uh, the, the 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 greatness that Christ did when He died for sinners, uh, Him being unsinful, uh, died for people that were sinful. But God commanded His love toward us, and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. So all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. But God commanded His love toward us, and that. While we were yet sinners, the word commend in Greek uh, means to place together, to put in the same place, to stand side by side. So God in, in his coronation came and came to be with us, be by our side. He says, I will never leave or forsake you. So uh, Paul is emphasizing to us how great, a love that God has for us. While we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Jesus said, greater love has no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friend. That's in John 15 and 13. Jesus died for the sins of the world. This is the ultimate sacrifice for sinners. He says to us that our salvation has nothing to do with what we could do for ourselves but rather everything Christ done for us. In other words, we can do nothing to save ourselves. It's all other than to believe on him. So the doctrine of sin is that sin is a deliberate act of man in defiance of God and his wills. Sin is not accidental. Uh, sin is a transgression against God's law. Sin renders us out of the sink with God. That's what Adam did when when uh, he ate of the forbidden fruit. Fruit. Uh, he placed himself out, out, out of order with God, and and put himself in, in a world of, of sin and shame. And 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 the penalty for sin is death. The wages of sin is death. But verse nine says. Much more than being not justified by his blood, 
we shall be saved with the rest through him. So God declared us righteous. It is imputed righteousness. When God used this uh, basis that he's talking about, the uh, basis for justifying us is the blood of Christ. In the Old Testament, the blood, so the animal had to be sacrificed and his blood, blood shed. Without the shedding of blood, there's no remission of sin. Hebrews 9.22 talks about how there must be shedding of blood. Uh, so it says much more than there is another aspect of this justification being uh, justified by the blood of Christ. His death on the cross and being reconciled with God, we shall be saved from the wrath to come. So we shall be saved from the wrath through him. Jesus made it possible for us to be protected from the wrath that really should come on us. Jesus is alive and sitting on the right hand of the Father and making intercession for us, praying to the Father on our behalf. So he's uh, working on our behalf. He's like a good lawyer. All Every time we do something, he's he's sitting right there telling the Father, uh, making a pleading a case for us. Uh, Jesus said to us he would be with us even until the end of the world. And again, he says he would never leave up for things. So the doctrine of salvation, our salvation is given to us upon us placing our faith in the work of Christ did on the cross. We are justified by his blood being shed. Salvation cannot be purchased, earned, or uh, stumbled upon. It, it, it's a gift to sinners who believe in what Christ has done when he died for sinners. For if we were enemies, we are reconciled to God by the death of his son. Much more being reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. All of us were hostile, enemies toward God. When when we go through our daily uh, routine of, uh, of what we do, even though we were enemies, God was not an enemy toward us because God says he gave his only begotten son and whoever should uh, believe in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. So he never did break his really did never break his love for us. We went through our own way. Uh, God's love for us is proof that he's not an enemy for us. Because if he was an enemy for us, he wouldn't make a way for us to uh, have eternal life. We are reconciled to God by the death of his son. And when you talk about reconciliation, it is to be restored what had been devised between two parties. Well, there's no really reconciliation when only one person is willing to uh, be acceptable of the other person. Both persons must be receptive of each other. You have a, a husband and wife, and they break up. To have a true reconciliation, they must both be willing uh, to accept uh, a reconciliation process. And so uh, Jesus' death is the cause of man being restored to God in peace. Man is the one that turns away from God. God did not turn away from us. He has never turned away from us. 
Jesus is the one who makes it possible for men to turn back to God. In other words, Jesus, again, has came in and, and reconciled, uh, brought it all back together. So the doctrine of reconciliation is, is restoring of peace, harmony, goodwill, where hostility caused two persons to part company. Uh, when, when man sinned against God, he became um, uh, an enemy, uh, so to speak. But God continues to love him. God initiated a plan for man to come back to him into a righteous relationship with him. God sent his son to go to Calvary, die for our sins, uh, and, and make it where we can have a, a peaceful reconciliation with God. And not only so, but we also join in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom we have now received the atonement. When Jesus paid the price for our sin, our sin debt was beyond anything we could do. Uh, so Jesus paid, in other words, we had a note out there, you think about how he had a note out there that we could never pay. No matter what we did, it, it was uh, it was something that was un, unpayable, mainly because we had nothing to pay it with. And so uh, Jesus made it possible uh, for us to do that. And not only so, we also joined in God through our Lord Jesus Christ. The joy we have in the Lord is due to us being in Christ. We delight in God because of the reconciliation reconciliation bought about by the Lord Jesus Christ and we can rejoice because of what he did uh, by whom we have not received an atonement uh, when the Old Testament was always talking about the day of atonement in other words uh, to atone is to pay for another what one cannot pay for himself in other words it's just that paying that what you could never be able to pay. Jesus paid the atonement. So the doctrine of atonement is an atonement is an act on the part of Jesus where we make amends for our, where he makes amends for the sins that we put, had produced. It is the, the redemptive price required for sinners that we are not able to pay. Jesus paid the price in full and restored us to the full fellowship with God. So this lesson is, 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 is showing us where how we're justified by faith. And then it goes through and shows us, Paul talks about, shows us how the process is done when we're justified by faith. It's it's like saying, uh, I'm going to give you this master gold card. So what benefits does it have? Well, these are the benefits that it gives. It gives us grace and hope and, and all these uh, things that I mentioned tonight. They're all part of being a part of the faith in Jesus Christ when we accept him as our Lord and Savior. Comments from anyone? I have a comment.
Uh, what I got out the lesson today was, is what he says, remember, they were hope and faith. God would not let you down. Also remember, he works in time. Just trust the process. So, you know, for me, for me, it, it reminds me that as long as I'm around the Warner Grove Church and and participate in the things that is going on with church and live a righteous life and keep connected with the church, it's endless to where I can be. It's endless to what I can do. But I have to remember that God only works in his time, not my time. You know, and I will be going through things and there's gonna be plenty of things. Don't it's because I have success doesn't mean that that everything's gonna be all right. So I have to remember that God will send you do a test for for a reason. Trust your faith, I believe. Sometimes we go through a thing to trust your faith and say, I much hope you have in God. Absolutely. And that's basically what he's, what, what he's saying is that we're going to go through some things. But again, uh, coming out on the other side makes us better people, uh, makes us uh, able to go through the things that life's going to put before us. Uh, You know, yeah, I have one more comment. Excuse me, I have one more comment. Another thing that caught my attention when you said that how how we are it's called we Christians sometimes that we won't give us things and, and won't do things for people talking about if he has some money, if he what he do with his money, and uh he shouldn't have spent it that way. You know, for me, I'm saying for me in my position I'm in right now, it was a good lesson because you know, it reminds me that I can't base my spiritual life on what someone else does and, and judge them and say, well, if he didn't do this, he wouldn't be like that or this wouldn't happen. It's not, it's, that's what it's not about for me. It's about me trusting God and for me going through experience and, and keep being a, a loving person, being a giving person for the right reason. Yeah, Paul makes the point that, uh, and trying to emphasize, and I don't know if I brought it out enough, but Paul makes the, uh, the, the point that put your trust, your hope uh, in, in Jesus, not in other things. We have we put our hope in our jobs. We put our hope in other people. We put our hope in, in so many other things other than Jesus Christ. And, and Paul is making it out to letting us know that we, we can't, we have to put our hope in him and him alone. And and he's not gonna let you down because he's he's already showed you that he's not. Any other comments? Also, uh I looked at this key verse it says, Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. A lot, I, I used to uh, think about that we won't have peace until we get on the other side because it talks about in the land of the no more. But I found out later that we can have peace on this side 
as we're going through because Paul, our thing is false and let this mind be in you that is also in Christ Jesus. That's why the uh, songwriter said, I woke up this morning with my mind staying on Jesus. Yes, we have, we go through uh, trials and tribulations. We're going to need uh, some things that, uh, that would help us, but uh, you can find peace uh, on this side because as long as you stay in the will of God and, and trust God and believe in your faith, because your faith can make you whole and, and if you have that faith in Jesus Christ, yes, you can have peace on this side. And that's what this key verse is saying, that we have peace with God because a lot of us are trying to find peace with man and trying to make man satisfied, but we have peace with God. Uh, as long as we got peace with God and have God happiness uh, and God is pleased with what we're doing, I believe we can have that peace on this side. I, I believe that we can have peace with man if we can find, if we can, if we were really rooted in Jesus Christ and and and, and have His concept. We it'll help us battle find peace with each other, right? So, anybody else? Well, I'm gonna let say all, that's all I have because this has been a rough day. <laughs> it looks like we're never gonna end. So, unless somebody else got something else in your hand, Pastor. All right, it, it's, it's thank God that you made it through and, and uh, these long hours, but nevertheless, we, we're trusting in God and God is able. And we're going to let you get some rest and everybody else get some rest. And, uh, if this be uh, the Lord's will, tomorrow night at 6 o'clock, uh, we'll be in uh, our vacation Bible school looking forward. Father God, in the name of Jesus, we thank you. We adore you again. We thank you for this lesson on tonight. We thank you for it. The teacher, thank you for the student being receptive unto your word. Bless, heal, and deliver. And with that, we'll keep us as we sleep on tonight. And we say we'll wake us up early in the morning and be our daily task and let you be our leader and our guide. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank God. Amen. 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 God bless all of you. Amen. Good night. Good night. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Walnut Grove Baptist Church Podcast. If you feel led to do so, you can leave a gift at bit.ly slash walnutgrovegiving. Thank you so much, and we'll see you in the next episode.